This review is brought to you by Raycon. Go to buyraycon.com and use the code MERL15 to get 15% off your order. And stay tuned till the end of this episode for more info. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my check-in on She-Hulk. This is the third time I've talked about the show. This is for episodes three through five. I will be talking about specific plot points, including for the episode that aired last night, this morning, however you want to judge it. So if you're not caught up and you want to avoid spoilers, then you may want to wait to watch this video until after you've seen the latest episode. And the thing about She-Hulk is that this is a very polarizing show, not just when it first aired, but in the weeks after. It seems to be evoking very much a love-it-or-hate-it response response, which to be honest is kind of everything these days, but it seems especially pronounced with this show. And that already puts me in kind of a weird position because that's just not how I see things and that's not usually how I react to things. In my mind, we're all little tuning forks in the world, and all of these different movies and TV shows are sending out their own frequencies, and sometimes they really vibe with us. You hit something that's your vibration, and you're like, this is definitely my jam, and every movie or TV show operates on a different frequency. Five episodes into She-Hulk now, over halfway through the first season, and I think I can say pretty definitively, and it's sort of where I was after I watched the first four episodes, I've re-watched all of those episodes and now watched episode five that this show really just doesn't vibrate on my frequency and that that's fine by the way she-hulk does not hide the fact that it is trying to be in many ways the mcu's first actual sitcom not the wandavision version of a sitcom but an actual situation comedy and the fact of the matter is that a lot of sitcoms particularly modern sitcoms don't work for me it's not just she-hulk for example the big bang theory is a show that millions of people enjoy people still watch it on streaming all the time I never really liked the show because it just didn't quite vibe with me, and that's pretty much how I feel about this show as well. The jokes and the characters in the show are very broad, and I'm not saying that as a flaw in the show. That's the style of the show. It's completely intentional. And the thing about sitcom-style comedy is that it is comforting for so many people because you maybe know the joke, you can see the joke that's coming, but at the same time, the joke makes you laugh. It's a particular style of humor that a lot of people enjoy. Airplane is a movie that's over 30 years old. It has some of the dumbest jokes that you ever heard in the world. It's an entirely different kind of flying altogether. It's, it's an, an entirely, entirely different, different kind of flying. And yet I still find the movie Airplane absolutely hilarious. But if I were to sit down and show it to a friend of mine, they'll probably say, what are you talking about? That's not funny. Those are the stupidest jokes I've ever seen. And they wouldn't necessarily be wrong because Airplane just operates on a different frequency than they do. And comedy especially. So many times what works for one person doesn't work for another person. Take the character of Madison, for example. The, the breakout character on the show so far. Madison with two N's, one Y, but it's not where you think. Wow. So many people think that she was hilarious. For me, she was a caricature of a caricature. It's just not the kind of character or the kind of performance that I respond to, but I understand why so many people think that Madison is funny and why there's been such a demand for more of her character. 
One of the things that I think is inflaming the discussion around this show, it was a discussion that was already inflamed for many other reasons, is that there is also sentiment that says that if you don't like the show, then there is something wrong with you. That if you don't think that She-Hulk twerking with Megan the Stallion is funny, that you are some kind of a regressive stick in the mud. And I, I don't agree with that line of thinking. I, for example, didn't think that She-Hulk twerking with Megan the Stallion was funny, but not because it was some insult to Marvel, or insult to the character. How dare you, sir? I'm not going to go all Harrison Ford on it. It just wasn't my style of comedy, but it's okay for Marvel to make different styles of comedy. I don't really care that much, to be honest. She-Hulk is not really trying to be some flawless link in the Marvel Cinematic Universe chain. It's doing something different. It's reinventing some of its characters, like we saw with Emil Blonsky in episodes three and four, to be more comedic, or it's leaning into the more comedic sensibilities on some of the existing characters, like Wong, who himself was already sort of there to be comedic relief in many situations. Tatiana Maslany, I think, is still great in the role, though I do think that the show is progressively happening around She-Hulk in many ways, more than it is about She-Hulk, and I would like to see her character take more of the center stage in the four remaining episodes. The side characters like Nikki and Pug are sitcom friends, and Jen's dad is a sitcom dad, and her boss is a sitcom boss. Jen's fourth wall breaking is still a very sporadically used element of the show, but as we go on, it doesn't seem like so much of a narrative thing like I thought it was at the beginning, like it's supposed to be part of the storytelling, as much as it is a sign that this is a very self-aware show. Not only self-aware of its place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe with all these little Easter eggs and stuff, but also acknowledging their place in the actual real world, as evidenced by the fact that they specifically referenced the show's online detractors a couple of weeks ago. I have no problem with female heroes. I'm just saying, make your own. I don't know about y'all, but I'd smash. The VFX for She-Hulk, I still don't think are quite there. I don't think that she ever as a character looks particularly good in very many scenes. And I don't mean not good in that uncanny valley way, as in I know that I'm looking at something that could never exist in the real world. I, I just don't think even stylistically she really fits into the scenes. And I do legitimately wonder how much work and talk they did with the VFX artists who are going to be responsible for executing the character of She-Hulk before they developed the show. How many tests did they do? Did they really actually see if they could realistically make She-Hulk out of thin air as visual effects artists because I, I don't think the show is quite there yet. I don't know if it's technology. I don't know if it's budget or time or a combination of all of those things but I don't really see a lot of improvement as the show's gone on. I do think that the show has some very amusing concepts. The idea of a shape-shifting Asgardian elf who is pranking people and gets sued for it. The idea of a former Comartage student who becomes a cut-rate magician. The concept of She-Hulk being sued for using her own name. I think that these are all actually pretty interesting setups for these different episodes. I just don't necessarily think the execution is there for me. I'm very curious to see if there is going to be some kind of overarching storyline for the season or if we are going to remain fairly strictly episodic for the remaining four episodes. Titania, for example, is really interesting to me because she's introduced at the very end of the first episode as a super-powered villain. Then she disappears for a few episodes and then she's back in this latest episode, but there's really no reference to the fact that she has superpowers. Instead, she's like uh, an influencer and a fashion guru and she's a leader 
legal opponent for She-Hulk. It's a very odd sequencing of events, and it does seem kind of strange that none of that was referenced in her second appearance on the show, but it may very well be when we see these last four episodes that it all makes sense. I just don't know at this point. I am hoping that these last four episodes do have a stronger central storyline for Jen slash She-Hulk. I think one way to achieve this would be by having less of the supporting characters. I like Pug and Nikki. They're amusing characters, but I don't really know if I needed this protracted sequence where they go and buy bootleg Avengers merchandise and then go to another place and get turned down so you can go back to that same place again. I would have preferred to spend more time with Jen and get to know her a little bit more. Renee Elise Goldberry got a big boost in this last episode, and of the supporting players that we've met, she She's my favorite so far. I love how they take the character of Mallory and have her in opposition with Jen, but also there is this sort of kinship there, and I would love for there to be further exploration of their relationship. Via Luke, who's apparently the MCU's Edna Mode character, we also got our first in-show tease of Daredevil. Of course, we've known pretty much since the first trailer that Daredevil was going to be back, but it does seem like his return is imminent. This is another character I'm very interested to see how they treat because I think there's only so far you can push the character of Daredevil into the comedy direction before it really starts to feel like a different character, keeping in mind that you also have to keep him somewhat intact for his own show. Of course, we don't know what the tone of that show is going to be, but the Netflix Daredevil, the way that we've seen Charlie Cox play Daredevil, is extremely dark. So I think it might be a bit of a tightrope walk for them to establish this character within the confines of the show that we've seen so far. But again, it's not something I'm ready to pass judgment on. It's just something I'm very curious about. Going forward as far as sharing my thoughts on the show, I'm not really sure. It really does depend on what happens. I may do another check-in before these last four episodes are done, maybe after the next couple episodes, or I may just wait until the end of the season. I don't want to come out of the next two episodes with basically the same thoughts that I have now because I think there's only so long that I can sit here and give you some variation on. I get that the show is a comedy. It's just not the kind of comedy that works for me before it's just boring. If you like the show and it works for you, I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. I'm happy that you found something that you like. We're not here to force a consensus pro or con with this show. Really, everybody's just here to find their thing, to find their vibe. If this shows your vibe, I hope you enjoy the rest of the season. I will definitely check in at a minimum at the end of this first season. And hey, you know what? If this doesn't exactly vibrate on my frequency, I'm sure I will go out there and find something that does. Thanks so much for listening to my thoughts on these last few episodes of She-Hulk. What do you think? What are your expectations for the rest of the season? Are you excited for Daredevil? What do you think of the tone of the show? Let me know down in the comments below. And as always, thank you so much for watching. Before we go, I want to thank the sponsor for today's video, Raycon. Summer's almost over, but I'm out a lot doing yard work, and that means I'm listening to music, I'm listening to audiobooks, podcasts, but no matter what I'm listening to, it sounds great because I'm using my Raycon earbuds. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized tips for the perfect in-ear fit that are not only comfortable, but they will not fall out. Trust me, I sweat a lot. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, and you get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. One of the great things that Raycon also has are these customizable listening modes, so if I want to be aware of my surroundings, maybe see if the neighbor wants to say hi while I'm out in the yard, I can put it into awareness mode, if I want to just lock in on mowing the yard or whatever else I'm doing, I can put myself into noise isolation mode. Whichever mode I'm in, though, what I'm listening to sounds crystal clear. You can find out for yourself and go to buyraycon.com today 
and use the code MERL15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code MERL, M-U-R-R-E-L-L-15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code MERL15. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time, stay safe, and I'll see you then. Bye.